still can't have none of my money. Yeah. So I'm Ramon. I'm Kia. <laughs> <laughs> so today she a little low key upset because I threw a little wrench in what we was going to do. But uh, today we're going to be talking about finances. And um, so there's multiple ways to do something right, there's multiple ways to do something wrong. And we're going to touch on those ways to do something right. And then toward the end, we're going to touch on some of the bad ways to do it. Um, so I'll just go ahead and start off with my background. Uh, I grew up always hearing about save your money, save your money, save your money. But I didn't quite understand what that meant. So I interpret that as saving my money just so I can spend it later. I say that because in my family, we've all said that. But then when you ask them, well, how much money you have saved up, there's always this, um, exactly, dead silence. Or it was a, well, I had, but see what had happened was, or I'm going to save enough for a rainy day. And then the rainy day come and they're like, hey, um, do you can I hold something? And those those things start to perpetuate. And so as I grew up, I learned that there were other ways to do it. And I'm gonna touch on those in a little bit uh, in our in our episode. What about you? So my background is complete opposite. Um my father was basically the breadwinner of all had a few jobs in between. But um my dad was all about save your money. Your money has a place in the future. You need to make sure you're planning and thinking about what you're going to do with your money. And that's how it was like things were instilled with me. It was even at the point of maybe five, six years old, we had piggy banks and say, for example, we'd go to the store and we didn't bring our money with us. My dad would actually write an IOU and <laughs> make us pay him the dollar fifty or two dollars back to understand the value of money and that you just don't get things, you earn things. And um, we also did not obviously have a job, but you know, in the house, if we did this type of cleaning, we received this, it wasn't an allowance, it was something that you had to earn and receive. So my picture of money is you work for it, you keep it, and you plan for the future for it. Yeah, you plan for the future, Bob. (laughs) My my family's like, yo, um, you saving up for retirement? They were like, yo, what's that? (laughs) <laughs> like, but, we, we didn't think about that stuff. Let, let me say one part about that, too. So, like, for my dad, it was, for, well, the way my dad explains it as his plan for the future. But I do feel like in between that, there was a loss, a loss of the now of, hey, you should go on a trip. Or, hey, you should treat yourself. It's all for, you need to be prepared for the worst. So, I was always saving. And I remember growing up as a kid, and I, I had a job at 16 and, you know, did a little, like, I cut grass, I mopped people's floors, I was doing nails, I was doing a lot. You know, save your money. But it's like, I'm saving, but I don't really know what I'm saving for. And it didn't make sense. But I, I'll say when I went to, um, what do you call it, prom? So, my parents didn't pay for any of that. My dad didn't feel like it was a necessity. <laughs> But it was important to me. That's fun. That's a field trip. That's on me. Yeah, my dad, and he did, he didn't, I'm not going to say he didn't believe it. I'm sure if I just flat out did not have the money, he probably would have paid for it. But I think it was something in me that felt good that I could actually say, 
oh, I paid for my dress and I paid for my prom ticket and my rental car and whatever else that I wanted for for that prom. Like, I remember my dad even telling me, to this day, he brings up, do you still mad that you paid $320 for that prom dress? It was good then. Like, I was happy to pay $300, whatever the prom dress cost. But for him, he just put value on money in a totally different way than um I would say a lot of people I knew growing up so for me in the way I was raised it was money has a plan for the future and to his point savings important but you need to look for what your plans are to utilize that money yeah. uh for the long term because I definitely was like yo you got money you see it you own it buy it own it you know that's that they all know about that unless you're from Texas that that little flip but that's that's where I kind of grew up on. If I had it, I spent it. And then when it was gone, I had money in my savings account. So guess what I did with that? Exactly. It was gone. Got my money and I was gone. And then when I was broke, that's, honestly, that's what I was used to. So I got back to a sense of normalcy, which is bad. Because I was so used to being broke that when I had money, I spent it like a person who never had money. And I can say, as I started to grow up, I've never been a place to say, oh, I ain't got money for that. I can never say there was a time where I said I didn't have money for that. Now, did I want to spend my money on something? No, but if something come push, come to shove, a tire blew out, or um, I had to pay tuition or whatever for class books or something when I was in school, it won't never question about if I had the money to do that because I'm, I guess that saving, as my dad said, I didn't know what I was saving for, but eventually I got to something and emergencies were never an issue for me. So I never was a person who said, I I don't have it. I've never overdrafted on an account. I've never been late to a bill. I've never, like, that's really how I see the concept of money. When I owe something, like my credit card, a good point, I pay, my credit card has never hit, like, in... What's the high balance on it? Like the I don't know the high balance. Like you have a max balance? I've never maxed on a credit card. Oh, maxed it out. Yeah, I've never maxed out on a credit card. So basically I pay what I spent for the previous month. So I don't pay I don't spend what I don't have. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so to this essence, day. In essence, she grew up well and I grew up not so well because I've maxed out credit cards. I've been late for stuff. Um yeah, I did all of that. Like I've made all the bad decisions. And learn from them the hard way. Good thing your dad taught you better. <laughs> One day, maybe my dad will teach me something. I'm sure he's not listening to this podcast. All right. <laughs> oh, my heart. All right. All right. So, you know, after, after your foundation, after your foundation, what have you learned? in your adulthood with your finances that goes back to how my dad growing up we didn't take trips was buffalo new york that's where his family's from that's all i can remember we might have been to the outer banks which is all driving distance from where we're from so i felt like as an adult now i want to spend my money i want to do something with money i want to have experiences so experiences mean more to me than stuff and i'll definitely say that i learned that around 25 but kind of basically when I met Ramon I feel like I saw how he was kind of doing things that made him happy but I always held back I mean even down to like 
do I want to get these 16 inch bundles or do I want to get these 22 inch bundles? Well, the 16 inch is cheaper, but the 22 inch made me look better. So it's like <laughs> that far <laughs> where I think that deep, where it's like a $50 difference or something. I'm being exaggerating, but it could be like a $50 difference. But I evaluate my purchases so deep like that to make sure that I'm making the right making the right purchase I forget about what makes me happy so after 25 I would say I started to do things that make me happy I started to travel went out the country for the first time at 25 which is to me is still crazy but hey it is what it is and then after that I was like you couldn't tell me nothing I was traveling booking flights my dog been on the plane more than some adults so like I was having a good time but it was and as, as like I said, as an adult, it would be more so saving for, you know, make sure you're saving for a reason, but also having a saving for a backup plan. So those things that my dad taught me were always will always be valuable. The part that I put a twist on is enjoy myself in the process because saving and being unhappy, I'm, that just doesn't equal a good life, to, in my opinion. And I was... It wasn't like I was supporting anybody but myself at the time. And I didn't have really any responsibility. So for me, that's what I would say as, I guess, an adult. I remember when you first started dating and um, you was talking about saving money and you was talking about how I would just spend money frivolously. Fr- oh, that was my frivolously. frivolously. You just frivolously spend money. I couldn't understand. And I'm like, like, I don't think it's frivolous. It was I've saved money this this month. It, and I was get, kind of getting out of my phase of um, uh, saving money to spend money later. So, um, for me, I learned that my money has a purpose. Because all those bad um, experiences and influences and all those things, that I, uh, those tendencies that I had, they, they still with me. They didn't go anywhere. Like, I still have them in my back pocket, and I can pull them out whenever I'm ready. Oh, we need a 65-inch TV. 75-inch TV. <laughs> when the 55-inch works fine. I've learned <laughs> restraint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I still have those tendencies, but I realized that my money has a purpose, and whenever I do things, I do things now with the idea of, What's the purpose for this? What's the purpose for that? When I put $100 over there, why why did I do that? What's the plan of it, you know, in that account? If I do put money over here, what's the plan for it in that account? I've learned how to diversify my funds so that I don't become a victim of my environment again. So... Well, your environment is different yeah my like, oh. my environment is different now but i'm talking about where i grew up oh, and how okay. I grew up. so i don't want to become a victim to that because i know it's in my dna and so since i know that i i have to consciously make those decisions every time i get paid i just go ahead and put money in my different accounts to make sure that i am accounted for and the things that are important to me are accounted for and that's how i've been able to continue to move forward now yeah when when me and her first started dating i would spend money in her eyes frivolously but she was super cheap at that time so in her eyes i was doing things rogue but in my eyes i was doing things that made me happy and so i i realized that there's a kind of a a, a balance 
I have to you 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 need to save money for those rainy days that she just spoke about because when something happens to your car and it could be anything or your house or your children yourself you have to be able to have something set aside and I know people say it's like uh, six months of your income is supposed to be saved but being realistic ain't nobody got six months late income saved not unless you're making a conscious plan, and that's still hard. That's mad hard. You may have... I mean, I had it, but... Yeah, okay. For regular people... <laughs> I'm talking to regular people. People ain't got it. That's... Um, like, you'd be good if you had a month. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's good. I, I, I remember a news article saying um, that less than 25% of the population has you know, two months worth of savings in their account. And so my thing is like, you have to strive to try to get to that point. And then you can start talking about other things. Um, then you can start talking about doing things to your home and, and, and put money away for your children's education and stuff like that, because it just goes deeper. It just goes into one of those rabbit holes where you just need to put money here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Let me just like ding in on that to your point. Like, So, if you don't have that six months, three months, whatever it is, worth of salary, and something happens to your job, or you get sick, or you can't work for a short a, a short period of time, all that money you were putting in other places before traveling, and um, even maybe even your child's um, college, or whatever the case may be, how are you going to now sustain yourself? Because now you don't have that 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 backup plan so kind of going to what Ramon said you really have to have that set and then the fun can begin yeah because when you're set there you know you don't really have to think about you don't have to put as much money in or you can put smaller amount because just I guess it all depends on your industry and all what you do but there's probably not a high probability you won't be continuing to have your job there's just unforeseen circumstances like COVID-19. So you need to be be prepared and prepare yourself. So maybe for a short period of time, you pull back on that fun. You pull, pull back on those nights out to eat, those that Starbucks coffee. So within six months or a year and a half, you'll have six months worth of income to be able to support you if something go wrong. But look, after that year and a half, go and live your whole best life because now you got a, you got a backup plan. Like, don't feel like, I can't do it. Just think about, hey, the short term, I knock this out, and then after the, after that, I'm good to go. But you gotta get yourself mentally prepared you for mentally prepared for, for that. Uh, don't pay the minimum on your credit card bills. <laughs> they just don't get you in the long run. Look, I'm not a financial advisor. Not. If you need one, if you think you need one, go and get one. Okay. Go and get, just go and get it. Cause if if you were like me and you didn't know anything about savings accounts and like if you don't know what your savings um apr is right now then you got some learning to do because if you're making the minimum payments on your on your um credit cards you're gonna be paying that thing for years like two thousand dollars like if you make the minimum payment you may be paying that thing for 10 years it's a lot of stuff student loans student loans like don't car, even car payments. don't do the minimum you pay a car we all know cars are uh, basically when they go on the lot they lose they their value appreciate. so then you're gonna pay the minimum payment or like they give you some crazy 
high interest rate on the loan and then like just just think about the you know think long term don't think for today and oh my payment's gonna be this amount so i'm good to go but you're paying it for 10 years so like (laughs) just think in the long term of the benefit you know the benefit and that's that's exactly what i do um i guess i'll be real quick one example is our car insurance so we shopped around car insurance found the cheapest car insurance but i don't know if people know if you pay in a lump sum you basically save like 20 percent or something it's pretty high maybe 15 to 20 percent and with that saved like i know everybody can't make that large payment every six months but basically i i save just like i'll be making a payment every month for that and i put it to the side and then when that six months come i pay that payment and i'm saving like 15 to 20 percent of what i would need you know i would need to have so just kind of think in the long term and not today yeah i tell my family all, all the time you'd be surprised how long how long you could just put 25 to 50 dollars just away in a, a cd or in an ira or something like that and just just forget about it just put it there and forget about it and see where it's at in five years like just forget about it hell see where it's at in a year and then you'd be like oh snap i got that much over there yep save for your retirement because you're not getting any younger so those those are some plugs that we have just yeah. thought yeah because it's even emotional pl- plays but yeah. as an adult we started to evolve we saw other people we took things from what we were seeing what happened you know sometimes you learn and you fail and then you got to take from that and grow you sometimes you have great backgrounds and you can travel that over and then you have people to help you adjust your lifestyle to what makes you more happy so it you know it doesn't happen overnight but it's I do think process. there's yeah it's ongoing so as adults we changed and it wasn't the same way so we gotta grow up and if we can make that change you can make that change too so how do we do this how do we bring our finances together to become one powerful unit baby looks can be deceiving <laughs> but <laughs> what I did was I, I came to her after a lot of thinking. This was after I um, came back from being deployed. Thinking about this for almost three months, like how I'm going to tell Kia this? Because I know she's not going to like it. <laughs> so I started out and I was like, hey, how do you feel about us combining our savings accounts? Yeah, my eye was pushing my what? <laughs> she didn't say it out loud, but I heard, please. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, no, I, I delivered this one pretty well. And, babe, just tell them what happened. <laughs> so I actually was not that bad. But I did say, I need a moment to think about it. Can, How long did that we... moment take? It was a couple months. <laughs> it was a couple months. I said, I need some time to think about it. Can you let me think on it? Let me figure out, you know, how I feel about that. And the reason I felt that way was because I felt like I saved all this money. I worked so hard. I did it on my own. It was my money. But the, what I forgot, I'm married to somebody. Like me. I'm, I have a whole husband. And it's not just about me anymore. We came into this as a partnership. And we work together to build together. So everything I've done, it's ours essentially. So he... Yes, I make my own money or, you know, whatever the case may be, but we have to work together to grow that and find ways to help each other out. Um, I guess in a lo- the long term, that's where I'm getting with that. But um, so originally it was 
a big no for me and I was very scared. I was it scared was that hell no to the no 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 hell to the no <laughs> basically that's what it felt like. That's what but, it was. Yes. <laughs> and I talked to like a few people trying to get their perspective and what they were saying just won't I won't feel in it. <laughs> I heard, you know, how how people did their situation. They paid they paid bills um in a certain way or they had a special account for certain things and um or they just did it completely separate but some all in all it just wasn't what worked for me or what they were saying wasn't getting I guess I wasn't getting no warm and fuzzy but I sat back and thought about it and I'm like okay you are married to this person you didn't marry this person just for fun fun but what can we do together to build on our financial wealth and our financial well-being essentially at the end of the day um so that's where that conversation went. It was a no for me at first, and then I changed my mind. But how we decided to do it was to still, we have our own separate accounts, but we have a main savings, and we have a savings that will set us up, as I said, that six months worth of, um, what do you call it? Um, of income. Of income for if something was to happen that will support our household for a long period of time. Um, so we are still working to get to that point. But when we went in, I probably put, you put 75% of, yeah. I'm not just putting a dollar back, but I put 75% of what was already in my savings into the account. Um, because I had, at the time, had the ability to save more than Ramon could save. Ramon does pay the mortgage here, which I do not pay. I pay everything else, as we say. Um, but he does pay the mortgage. And at the time, we didn't have cars. Or did we have cars? No, cars. no we, didn't we didn't have, have cars. new cars at the time. But um, so I took the, hey, I'm going to go ahead and put the, the, that money in. But again, I go back to being scared that somebody's going to run off with my money and and uh, if we get divorced, we gotta split this. But seventy five percent of my, at the end of the day, I sign <laughs> an agreement to be with somebody. And you have to let those insecurities within yourself go, and within your relationship, essentially, because you have to trust this person. If you don't trust this person, you should be married, or you shouldn't be having part, you know, a partner. And I do trust him. And I've always said, even at the end of the day, if we were to get a divorce or something, we were to split up, I don't believe. He would, he would, we would do it the fair way. I don't believe he would run off with all of our money at all. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, but for people who are thinking like, oh, I, I ain't got that kind of trust, then I can see why you wouldn't make that decision. Like, in a lot of situations in my work capacity, I talk to a lot of men who are the primary breadwinners, and they stay, they say stuff sometimes like, well. If uh, if she want to go, she can leave. And they because they know that she's gonna be in a, I would say, a precarious situation once she leaves. And so you know he's leveraging the power that he has, um, and he's using that as a, as a way to manipulate. <laughs> now I'm just saying that because it's a, uh, um, you know, it's it's problematic. It's like like because I don't have anything to say about what you thought once you said once you said we was good to go then I put half of my little two dollars in there (laughs) and then you made everything else work you know but at the end of the day the way we handled it was in the beginning it wasn't what I really wanted 
I was not on board. It made me nervous. I was scared, but I had to pull back and realize this is somebody I'm married and this is somebody I trust. And if I trust him, I should be able to take that next step with that. But we still have separate debit cards. I spend what I want to spend now. We make huge purchases. We have that conversation like his 75 inch TV he wants that I'm semi aligned with. But we're, we're working through that. <laughs> but we we working through that, like I said. <laughs> we working through it. But all in all, we still man, you know manage our money, but we have money for this household that can help build and also for the future for our our children. Absolutely. So some of those problematic things. Um, look, people that's hoarding money. If two people, three people, if you in a trouble, or if you just a couple, or if you in a something else. Um, if, if y'all gonna be one unit, then y'all need to, uh, like, there shouldn't be any, any, uh, ambiguity. Yeah, like, y'all should know, like, it shouldn't be any ambiguity of, of, of who, who's doing what, who has what. It should be free-flowing. Um, by all means, have your boundaries as far as how much you're gonna spend. Um, as far as like, hey, if I want to spend something a hundred dollars or more, some of y'all may be, you know, millionaires, so it may have a different numerical amount. But it like it shouldn't be any reason why, um, you know, two people in a relationship can't go and spend money without getting okay with, you know, with that amount. Um, especially if y'all already communicated these things. Um, I've seen that become an issue. So. And it's a it's a sensitive subject because no one really wants to come out and say, well, I can't go out because I'm I'm on a limit, you know. Um, and I've seen people say they can't go out because they ain't got no money. But I I know X Y and Z, and I know y'all got money because I hung out <laughs> with that person that got money. But y'all can't go out, and I'm like, eh, something ain't right right there. So, like. It's, there's there's many ways to do something right and there's many ways to do something wrong uh, but if there isn't a, a, a firm foundation and trust man y'all y'all are just it'll, failing it'll be a struggle you know you yeah. can always no you can always turn something around but it is it will be hard you you feeling like you you scoring a D minus but like she say some extracurricular you know, activity, you yeah, might so make it to a little extra credit. You know, extra like, credit. you got extra credit, you got a lifetime. But just <laughs> think about it. Think about what's happening. And think about how your partner may feel when you say those things about them not being able to spend or putting this limit. Now, I mean, if your limit is, hey, you can't spend it because you can't pay your bills. Different like story. different story, but if it's you put a limit on somebody, that, that control may be there for a reason. Yeah, and it's not necessarily control; it's an agreement upon the relationship. Now that's communication, right there. Yeah, communication. Yeah, that's the communication. So if, don't hide. If one, if one person got all the access to your finances, then don't don't say you got the money when you don't, and 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 then that person's spending money because you're trying to do anything for clout. Okay. Babe, that's it, man. I do want to say one, but I know you talked about it, but this is like a very emotional phase for me where I see men specifically, I don't know like how would on the woman's side, but where men make that feeling of women not being able to spend certain spend their money because they are the breadwinners in their household. 
So the man being the breadwinner, but the man uses that money can, to control them, like to your point, what you said in the beginning. Like that's something that eats at me every time when I see it. And you can see it in their eyes that they know they have this control and that they know that they can hang that over someone's head and no shade to military poop. But I, because I grew up around it, I've seen it. And I, I grew up in a military neighborhood, so I've seen it in the neighborhood on top of all of that, you know? So, and I see it now. So, <laughs> it's something that I really hope that men reevaluate those situations. Although you may be the breadwinner, don't forget that this woman, just because she may not bring in as much income or no income at all, she's still building your household and she's still making your household run. So, trying to hang over someone's head about what you do, what you make, is not right in a relationship. It is not fair to you or her. And nine times out of ten, if she leaves, she taking half anyway. So mind, mind yourself. Mind yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And it just isn't right. It ain't right. <laughs> it's just not right. So I said that's something that's very uh, near and dear to me because women are, I think, that we are very strong people. But for some reason, I think that piece, man, when I hear or I see that, it makes me so angry. And I I just don't know how men can act that way in front of somebody you say you love and you say you care about and dangle that piece in front of them or dangle finances and money in front of them. So that's my little say-so about being problematical with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what? And for all them people that's talking about their baby daddy and that he a scrub, and that he don't do this and he don't do that, it's messed up. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for men to talk about their finances, especially when they ain't got a lot. It's very difficult because you have all these expectations of grandeur. And the reality is, a person's struggling more than what you may think. So, not giving any excuses for people that's not doing what they're supposed to do. But at the same time, a little bit of compassion goes a long way. Not making judgments before you really know all the facts. You're just looking high level. Yeah. Well. All right. That one was deep. That was deep, but it's a it's a good uh, a good conversation because I think it's a good conversation starter and makes people think about hey maybe I should reevaluate maybe I should think about doing this and I you know I hope that you all took something away from that that I mean and the way we do it doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you but. The biggest thing is communication and trusting each other. So that's really what I would say take away from that. And maybe some little tidbits about saving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this concludes our topic on finances. We appreciate you for listening. Please, um, how you say it, babe? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Mary the Unfiltered. Like, subscribe, and comment. Ew, I got it this time, y'all. <laughs> I'm getting good. Watch, watch me next time. <laughs>